This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Hello. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I am your host, Brian Petrie. This is episode 39. We're coming up on 40 people. If you're listening to this and you're you're one of the few that have listened to all 40, congratulations. You have won. Um, let's see here. My respect. So that's pretty cool. I don't respect a lot of people. I mean, a few people. Not a ton. So congratulations. You won my respect. No, seriously. Thank you for listening. The numbers have been incredible. I, I will. I guess I have to thank MMA take or MMA podcast.com. Their Twitter bot. The, every time I post, they retweet it. They got a couple followers. They, the guy sent me an email. Told me to shout them out. I'm, I'm going to shout you out because uh, my numbers have looked really, really good. I got an email from an advertiser recently. Um, I don't think I'm going to do it, though. It, it seemed a little. I mean, I'm only I'm only talking for like 40 minutes right the pay wasn't that great and they want me to do like three ads in 40 minutes and and i don't get to read them it's like it's like youtube ads and i think i brought this up before they have uh they continue to email me and 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 try to discuss it and it's just something i'm just not really interested in so but happy halloweeners happy halloween it is I'm recording this on October 31st. I'm going to record it and send it out the same time. So when this uh, hits your your earwaves, hopefully it'll be. Hopefully you're just you're just waiting for it. You're just waiting for MMA Takes Podcast to get released, and you decide to listen to it right away. But Halloween, uh, the little baby's going as a tiger. Her dad was a tiger when he was younger. I think I was probably two. She's about 15 months. It was she. She was uh she was around on last Halloween, but she, I mean she was I mean, she was didn't walk and couldn't eat candy. So this is a pretty big deal for my wife and I. Where we're taking it out. It's pretty crappy here in Cincinnati, though. They've moved Halloween all over the place, but where my township, they have not moved it. So we're we're gonna brave the elements. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna we're gonna get a little wet. But uh, she's adorable. Wife made the costume. It's amazing. So if you're a big Halloween, guy, I'm not a big Halloween guy. I'm not a. I'm, I've never have been even in my single days. Even my whole life, really. I mean, obviously when I was a kid, I dressed up, but I mean, like, I mean, even like my friends went out two years and then I was like done with it, you know, like right around sixth grade, I think you, seventh grade, you, you stop. I stopped after fourth grade. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I don't want to run around the neighborhood and get candy. I can just eat the candy my parents have here. That's left over. You know, I don't really give a shit. I don't want to run around with a, um, pillowcase full of shit but uh i mean it, i mean it's it's cool for the kids i guess I man I, I enjoyed it when i was younger but yeah i'm not a big dress up guy i think that i i tweeted that out i don't think that I, I don't know if that's such a hot take i think a lot of people maybe are like that but if you invite me to a halloween party i don't want to be the asshole to dress up but i'm going to be like jim from the office where i just put a name tag on that says i'm dave or something like that because i just i just i've never been a halloween guy i've never or i have when i was a kid but one year <clears throat> when i get a little personal here I was uh, probably the best shape of my life, looking good. Dyed my hair blonde for some reason. I was living in, in right by University of Cincinnati, and we had uh, you know a Halloween party at the house. And we, we, you know, I'm 21 at this point, so booze. I'm single. We uh, a couple parties around the area. You know, you know the deal. You know, you know what down. And I dressed up as a Ghostbuster. And uh, there's a picture of me somewhere I saw recently of that. And I'm like, man, I look good. But that was like the last year I dressed up. I really don't really don't give a shit. I mean, I, I hate to be one of those no fun guys, but it is what it is. But OK, enough of the chit chat. Let's get to UFC Moncton. I had a really good week, boys. Boys, 
I had a really good week. I went nine four on my picks. That is a really, I mean, considering this car, I mean, I studied this car like crazy. Some of my picks, though, were more of like an underdog thing. Like Johnny Martinez, like I, I really wanted to hit that under. He he lost a close fight. Uh, he got dominated by Sukuma, but I mean, he had a, the second round, he had a, a moment there where Sukuma got tired and he, and he could have taken him. But I went six and three on the Anik podcast with uh, head to head with Kenny Florian. I won the week six three. I had two underdog picks. Anthony Smith, Sean Strickland, we'll get to that. Uh, John Anik shouted me out on the, podcast yesterday that they released not really a shout out but he just recapped and uh, I basically buried Kenny Florink uh, Team Anik was ahead and, and my 6-3 over Florian just, it just buried him he's done but uh, you know I again uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast go check it out <clears throat> J.A. John Anik and, and Kenny Florian are great guys and uh, happy to do my part <clears throat> happy to do my part let's get into Moncton though let's get into the actual fights Anthony Smith Boys, he's a wagon. Get on board. This guy is a wagon right now. Love this guy's mental. I can't keep talking about it. He's so confident. He walked to the cage confident. He came out to, what was that song he came out to? It was a great song. Fantastic song. He came out to an old R&B hit. Um, God, I wish I could remember what it was. Return of the Mac, maybe? I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he was a slight underdog over Vulcan Ozemir. Ozemir, see, the thing was, is the, the judges had one round, 10 to 8. And uh, I don't know about that. I forget what round it was. But, you know, the, all judges had Vulcan win in the first two rounds. Anthony Smith came back one and third. I thought it was a lot closer than that. I mean, I guess you can give the nod to Vulcan. Um, I thought they were pretty even. I thought Anthony Smith did what he was supposed to do. He covered up. Let Oaken or Oaken let Vulcan shoot his shots. Vulcan shoots hard shots in that first round. Gotta be careful. Anthony Smith has a good chin, but keep a high guard. Don't do anything crazy. He landed some good punches, uh, good front kicks. Kicks. I don't know why I carry that S like that. But you know, Vulcan, it's the same thing with Vulcan. He got tired. He got tired in the third round, but Anthony Smith got tired too. But Anthony Smith looked good. You know, um, uh, in the third round, it looked like Anthony was uh, was a little was fading, a little tired. I think one of the announcers might even I think it was Dan Hardy was like, I don't know if he's as tired as he's playing because his shots are still coming pretty hard. He cracked Vulcan a few times. It went to the ground. Anthony Smith got his back, choked him out, blood everywhere. They both were bleeding. Or Vulcan's nose was just a complete mess. I think that was where most of the blood was coming out. Anthony Smith then afterwards called for a title shot. He said, My name is Anthony Smith. I want a title shot. I mean, yeah. I mean, who else is there at light heavyweight? Listen, DC's not coming back down. John Jones and, and Gustafson are fighting in December. Winner fights Anthony Smith. I wouldn't be mad about that. If Anthony Smith wants to take another fight, I'm okay with that as well. There's not like a ton. I mean, Corey Anderson is on Instagram and stuff, uh, putting his name in there. But listen, Corey Anderson, you're still the guy that got knocked out by John Vellante in my mind. So I don't. I think you're going to need to do a little more than than beat Glover Teixeira and, and uh, Patrick Cummings. Not only is he beating him, but he's like he's out wrestling him. It's not like you're smoking these guys, right? You're just out grappling. You got a great skill set. I'm glad you're using it. But if someone figures you out, your chin is still a problem. Your hands are still a uh, liability, and, and and I think that that's going to be your downfall forever. Andy Smith is a wagon, so you got to give it to Andy Smith. I think he's got some heat right now. He's talking great his confidence is through the roof i think he's very very honest with himself and very well opinionated he was on aerial show he's done he's done the car wash he's done the rounds i think he did luke thomas as well in mma fighting listen it it's him next i think you know right um the one thing though i would i would like him and, and again i haven't listened to the aerial luke thomas been a little busy this week boys I've been a cowboy. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. I'm not a huge video game guy. I mean, I, I like playing video games. I've, I always have 
Red Dead was one of my favorite games of all time back in 2004. You know, I played it on PS or Xbox or whatever. Loved it, loved it, loved the game. New one came out, had to get it. So I've been a little preoccupied with that. And, you know, I'm a cowboy. I'm, I've, I've been, uh, I've been uh, you know, helping some folks. But Anthony Smith, I, again, I haven't heard what he has talked about, but I wish he would address a little more, maybe on Twitter too, about why he got tired. Because, I mean, he said he could go five hard rounds. He couldn't even stand up after the fight. He was gassed. I know he got leg kicked. He, he said something about his leg kicks. The interviewer was, was Dan Hardy was trying to get a little more out of him. Like, why are you so tired? He just kept saying his leg kicks. He already had his pre-plan. Like, if I win, I'm calling for that title shot. I think you got to give it to him, though. I, I like Anthony Smith a lot. I truly do. I think he's he, he's a star. Again, he's a wagon, boys. Get on board now. He looked good, though. Um, John Jones did tweet after the fight. Someone tweeted him, like, what do you think about the fights? He said, it was a great night of fights. He goes, what do you think about Anthony Smith? What do you think he looked? John Jones, like, he looked okay. I mean, John Jones, that's that's a nice way of saying I'm not, I'm not worried. I mean, he, he, you know, he doesn't want none of this smoke. But, um... Yeah, but I mean, Anthony Smith, I'd, could, could he beat John Jones? I mean, he's tall, he's long, he's got some good chokes on the ground. I think his ground's a little underrated, but I mean, John Jones is a different animal. I will answer that question because I'm, again, I'm on Anthony Smith. I'm an Anthony Smith guy. I will answer that question when John fights Gus. I want to see what John looks like when he fights Gustafson. So we'll see. And if he was on steroids, his whole career, like DC is saying, assuming he's off steroids, you can't be that dumb to take steroids again after being almost losing your career. So we might be getting normal John Jones if he was on steroids. Allegedly, according to DC, he was. So then assuming we're going to get DC, or John Jones no steroids against Gustafson, obviously that was the, the first fight that they had together was um, was one of the best fights, one of John's hardest fights he's ever had. So, you know, if he was on steroids for that fight, he's on that, well, you know, you know where I'm going with this. You know, um, Michael Johnson beat Artem Loba, um, you know, predicted it. Uh, Johnson's just too fast, too quick. Lowball is, you know, he's just he gets a lot of shit because uh, of he's him being Connor's boy. But the guy's got some skill. He's got some toughness. He's got a fighter's heart. I don't think he should be in the UFC. He's fourteen and five, fourteen and fifteen now. He's fought some tough guys. He's never been finished in UFC, but he's also never finished anybody in the UFC. I don't think his punching power is all that incredible. Michael Johnson fought three hard rounds, which is. What I was, I mentioned that on the Florian podcast, Anna Florian, is as I wanted to see if he could go three hard rounds because I knew Artem was probably going to be there. Artem was going to get hit a lot and then see if he could be there three rounds. Um, but Michael Johnson looked good. 145 might be might be a good thing for him. I think, you know, him staying disciplined. I know he missed weight. He cut like 30 pounds, something like that, something crazy. Um, but, you know, he's a smaller 55er, but I, I like him at 45. He's quick. I like him at 55, too. I don't think he was undersized at 55. I think he just might got tired. I think now at 45 might make him a little more disciplined, like get on the diet, get on the, you know, get on the bike, you know. And his cardio looked good for taking a fight on two weeks' notice, and he went three hard rounds with Artem. Picked him apart later in the fight. First round was fairly close, and then Michael Johnson took over. What's next for Michael Johnson at 145? You know, I think he just needs to get another win. I think he called for September. or I'm sorry, December. I think he wanted to go to Australia, I think. I think he said post fight his post fights are weird i don't get his jokes does he go up there and he's like oh everyone know everyone follows me on twitter everyone knows my inside jokes I, I i don't follow him on twitter unfortunately i do like michael johnson but he gets up there and every time post fight it's like this weird i, I weird something I, I i don't get it i don't get your jokes bro but he looked good he looked okay what's next for my 45 let me skip the question a that's the sound of me thinking. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I can't think of him at 45. Dennis Seaver. Does he still fight? Yeah, Dennis Seaver. Give him Dennis Seaver. See what the fuck. 
old Steve man, you know, that old German guy's got. No, I mean, you got to give him someone probably top 15. I know he wants to stay active. All I can keep thinking about is Dennis Seaver. What the fuck? All right. Next up, Misha Serkinov finally got back in the win common. Looked really good. Looked big and strong against Cummins. Cummins did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He's going to close the distance. He's going to try to take him down. Serkinov on that body clinch held up really, really well. It was kind of a stalemate for a while. And then eventually he switched and got Cummins on his back. And Cummins is not very good off his back. We've seen it in the Corey Anderson fight. Serkinov got mount and got arm trial and choked him out. First guy to ever submit, Pat Cummings. So big feather in Misha Serkinov's hat. He uh, called out Volkan Ozdemir, who knocked him out his last fight or fight before that. I like that fight. I would make that fight. Why not? Volkan's coming off two losses. Misha's coming off a win. That might make sense right there. I mean, that uh, Misha obviously, I think, has a lot of talent, has some finishing ability. So I like that fight. Then you got John Vellante versus Ed Herman. I hated this fight. God, I hate this fight. It's just not my cup of tea. John Vellante, you know, seems like a funny, good enough guy. I don't want to bash him too much, but it's just like the same. Every fucking fight's the same thing. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. Every punch is coming up short. Everyone talks about how you know John Vellante hits hard. Guys who have fought him like he hits the hardest I've ever been hit. But his punches are coming up short. He's just throwing arm punches. He's not stepping in anything. He's got a good chin. I'm not sure why he's not stepping in there. I think he maybe needs to switch up his camps. I know he's at Belmore Kickboxing. I know, you know, guys in the in the Long Island area, they're very loyal to their gyms, but I think he needs to go somewhere and really improve his skills, mix it up a little bit. <clears throat> I just don't think he did that. I mean, Ed Herman, Ed Herman's a tough guy, but Ed Herman's been around for so long. Ed Herman looked in terrible shape. Ed Herman was fighting for a paycheck, and Ed Herman was so tough. In that first round, he took a couple shots, would probably could have knocked him out, but he hung in there. And listen, I mean, Ed Ed's probably done in the UFC. I think he's obviously going to go maybe use his name to fight in Bellator, or maybe fight somewhere else and get and get a nice little payday. I mean, the guy has a family, so hopefully he gets paid. Looked slow, looked plotting, looked, you know, didn't wrestle because he probably would have gassed just all punches. But John Vellante should have knocked that Herman out. John Vellante should have steamrolled through him. I'm just not sold on Vellante. I'm actually very disappointed in that performance. And, uh, yeah, not a fan of that fight. Uh, next up, you got Alex Garcia versus Court McGee. I cannot predict Court McGee at all. Court McGee won a, a boring decision. Big fucking surprise. My boy, Sean Strickland, not really my boy. I don't know him that well. But he has good friends and training partners with Chris Curtis, who I do know. And Sean Strickland looked like fucking one of the Diaz brothers. He stalked Nordin Tlaib and just put punches in his face. Nothing crazy, nothing hard, just in his face, jabs, busted him up. Finally dropped him with a long, <clears throat> long right hand, caught him at the end of the punch, uh, caught him at the end of the punch, dropped him, put him up, finished him on the ground. Questionable finish, whatever. Nordin Tlaib hadn't been finished in years. Big win by Strickland. He got me that underdog win there. Uh, Haparas obviously looked tough as nails. Goody is, 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 is tough as well. Morose, uh, that fight stuck. Dunk. Bulua beat Gom. Surprise. Stevie Ray didn't win that fight. Then we got uh, the. I saved it to the end. Calvin Cater looked amazing again. I say this to the end because it's highlighted my notes here to talk about this guy, right? Now, if you listen to me for a long time, you know I get excited about fighters. I, 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 I maybe. Maybe I get accused of being too excited too early for fighters. You know, Darren Till, I was I was all over Till. Conor McGregor, I jumped all over Conor McGregor. Got that one right, though. Um, there's been guys in the past, I can't think off the top of my head, that I've, I've been all in on super quick. Add Don Madge to that list. Not only is this guy, his name is just the easiest and most perfect name to say, Don Madge. This South African son of a bitch looks so good against Tay Edwards. Tay Edwards, T. Edwards, excuse me, it's T. Edwards. T. Edwards is, it was 7-1 with seven knockouts, right? <clears throat> his only loss, I think, was by submission. 
He had that crazy knockout over Austin Sweetie on the Contender Series. Austin Sweetie, a legit dude too. That was that was like the main event for Contender Series. Austin, a lot of people thought Austin Sweetie was going to win that fight. I've heard a lot about Austin Sweetie. T. Edwards came out and just wrecked him. Right. T. Edwards obviously has punching power. Does he have that in the three rounds? No. Don Madge came out, got in this dude's face. Don Madge, Muay Thai, uh, Muay Thai guy from South Africa, um, had a ton of Muay Thai fights. Comes out. Waste no time. Pressures T. Edwards. T. Edwards, you, you he has that power. Most coaches would be like, all right, let's avoid the power for the first round. Let's work leg kicks. Let's keep distance. Let's do this. Let's do that. He went right after him. And they exchanged and fucking Don Madge dropped him. T. Edwards got up. Don Madge kept putting it on him. And then finally T. Edwards has a good wrestling game. He took Madge down. Madge took his arm home with him. Second round, more of the same. Brutal head kick knockout. Absolutely brutal head kick knockout. I'm all in on Don Madge. I like this guy. I, I remember he was supposed to fight. Um, fuck, who was he supposed to fight? I look, I've researched him before. He was supposed to fight on a card recently. I forget who it was. Oh, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to waste time. Anyway, he was supposed to fight on the card before. I looked him up. I, I obviously didn't know anything about him. Saw his Muay Thai fight. Saw his MMA fight. Saw this guy had some real talent. Liked his wins. Liked you know, his losses were decision and submission. He's obviously worked on a submission game. He looked very active off his back. The only problem is, is he, he did get taken down pretty easily. So if, if you put him in there against a, a, a big-time wrestler, that's going to be a problem for him, probably. But he's going to work on it. And then his post-fight, I tried to find the audio to put it in here. It's not on YouTube. I, I you know, I don't know what the fuck UFC's doing. The, the post-fight show where he called out pretty much everybody was electric. They need to put that on YouTube to, to promote this guy. But I'm all in on Don Match. I might just make Don Match shirts. And you don't really need a, a clever slogan. All you need to say is Don Match on it. That's just a fucking strong name. I, I'll, I would kill for my name to be Don Match. And I'm not, I'm not like making fun of the guy that isn't like taking a piss or whatever the English people. I'm not taking a piss at you or whatever the English people say. I'm sure South Africans say it too. Uh, I'm all in on that match. I mean, and I love the name. So that was it. That was UFC Moncton. It was very, uh, it was good. It was, it ran long. I mean, shit, those guys were up till midnight. I mean, I stayed up cause I'm a fucking champion, but I mean, that was tough. That was a tough thing. That was a tough, uh, tough thing to stay up for. Um, but I, overall, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good show. And, and, uh, you know, I just, they need to get that time thing figured out. They just really do. So we'll jump into the news. Listen, there's not, there hasn't been a ton of news this week. Um, besides Ben Askren, Ben Askren, obviously the big signing for the UFC has literally called out everyone on Twitter. I have pulled his tweets. I have came prepared. So he's called out the Diaz brothers. He has called out GSP. He's called out Darren Till multiple times, you know, kind of called Dana White for having him still block, but not really. So the first tweet here is Colby Tubinson might not get beat up. by uh, might get beat up by Tyron Willie first, but I'm calling dibs on whipping him next. He is despicable. And then he tweeted again after the signing got uh, got made, essentially official. Notice not one welt of these welterweights is saying my name right now. They think they hide their heads in the sand and that some poor lamb will be taken for slaughter. Colby Covington wouldn't tweet me back because I would expose the very subpart intellect. So many fighters said stuff about me in the past. I don't even I don't even get hit. I might tell UFC to set up a bum on the month club and fight every month. That was a pretty good one. And then uh, Masvidal came out and kind of stole a little Conor McGregor thing. Beg me, you little slut. I just like a little slut whore. Your day is coming. So that was really. I mean, imagine Jorge Masvidal's dirty talk if he's if he's saying that to another pro fighter. That's. I mean, I mean his his lady must be just you know. Set up a recording, uh, a little audio recorder in your room, Jorge. I want to hear. I want to hear why you get down, pal. And then 
Ask and respond to that, Jorge. You haven't won a fight since January 2017. If you had a share, if you had a shred of self awareness, you would realize it would be an honor for you to share the cage with me. Pretty good. Hey, Darren Till, you feel like going on a loser streak? Okay, so this is the this is what I'm gonna talk about. My guy's Darren Till, right? I like Ben Askin. I've seen Ben Askin fight many times. I do not want. I mean, they they went back and forth. Darren Till responded to Ben Askin, and they went back and forth. He went back and forth with his manager, I think, or or maybe front row Brian. I can't exactly remember who. I do not want Darren Till fighting this man. I just don't want it. I mean, Ben Askin wants to come in and wants to fight a top contender. Darren Till's top five still, maybe, right? Just lost to T. Wood. I don't want that to happen, right? Alan Joban got in the mix. I mean, there's just a bunch of people. He tweeted at the Diaz brothers. He wants to fight both Diaz. He said, I'll fight you in the same night. He's calling out. He wants to call. He wants to fight the winner of GSP Khabib, which apparently is the next fight being made. I'm not sure if that's official yet. He's calling everybody out. I mean, Khabib's got a lot of legal stuff to handle. I don't know when the GSP fight would happen. Askren needs to fight now, though. I mean, he needs to fight soon. They need to make. He also called out the UFC. That's uh, about not making an announcement yet. Um, he called Dana White out about still being blocked on Twitter. Ben Askren is scheduled to be in New York this weekend. I'm assuming they're going to do something at the press conference. I believe there's a press conference on Friday. Maybe announce them like they did Ronda Rousey. I think they did the same thing with Cyborg. Bring them on out. Maybe maybe get a fight together. Maybe announce that at 2.30. Get, be like, oh, listen, you know, Joe Rogan goes sits in the crowd with Ben Askren. And they're like, okay, you're scheduled to fight so-and-so. Who should Ben Askren fight first? Um, not Darren Till, but I think that might happen. I think Darren Till might take that fight. You know, maybe maybe Darren Till might be rethinking going up to uh, 185. That's a tough fight for anybody in the division. I, I've called out Ben Askren before on his game and his style, and, and uh, I wasn't impressed, but... The further I've looked back at the tape, and the further I've I, I've uh, I've I've analyzed <laughs> analyzed, the more I've looked at him, I realize this guy can fight. This guy is a, is, is a real deal. He's uh he's as tough as they come. So, um, but who should he fight? Ah, here we go. Here's my brain working again. That's my brain. That's how my brain works. Man. He should he fight? There's so many. I mean, Santiago Ponzinibbio is the first one that comes to mind. He hasn't fought in a while. He's at the top of the list. I think Ben beats him. Obviously, Khabib would be a great one, but Khabib should probably get a fight either Connor or DSP if that's the rumor. I mean, I guess I might. I mean, Colby Covington's already lined up. I'll tell you what. The old, I don't know. I don't know. There's the answer. I don't know who he's going to fight. I don't know. Someone top five for sure. Um, the one thing I don't like about Ben Askren is he hasn't called out Tyron Woodley because Tyron Woodley's the champion and Ben Askren and Tyler Woodley are, are Missouri buddies. So I think that's a little weak. I'll call out Ben Askren and say that's weak that you don't want to fight the champion. I mean, you've won a belt in every organization you went to. I know he wants big fights. I know he's he's kind of one foot out the door. But uh, let's see what you got. I mean, you got to fight some of these some of these top guys. Uh, and and I, I I I gotta imagine Dana doesn't like the fact that he's not uh, not wanting to fight T Wood. Um, yeah. So another little thing again, the bit slow news week. I was actually gonna because I'm gonna do the pick on podcast for UFC 230. There's, I'm really excited to talk about that. That's gonna be on a later podcast. It's gonna come out Friday. I was gonna kind of maybe combine them because it really hasn't been much. I mean, listen, I'm talking about Mike Perry. Mike Perry put out a video of him just as an Indian, and everyone got upset. Right? Mike Perry is, you know, he's obviously trying to be the Indian. Cowboys the Cowboys. He's fighting Cowboy Cerrone. He said it was Halloween. People were saying it's insensitive. Mike Perry's also a white guy that says the N-word, and he says he's allowed to say it because of where he grew up. 
you know, I, I, I don't understand why people are getting that sensitive about it. I mean, it's a, if it was a Halloween costume, I mean, people dress as Indians all the time. There's an NFL team called the Washington Redskins. I mean, listen, I, I, is it insensitive? Uh, sure. I mean, you can find anything insensitive. I didn't. I wasn't offended by it. I'm also not Native American. So, I mean, well, I'm probably like a quarter. I mean, I think I'm probably like a quarter Native American. I'm a quarter Cherokee. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm a quarter something. But, you know, that kind of that that was that was there. And a lot of people got upset about that. And I think people just need to fucking relax. I get the bit that he's doing, you know. Oh, you know, you know, I'm fighting a cowboy. So I'm going to be an Indian. I get the bit. It was all right, bit. Last little two things here before we do the top five. Derek Lewis is becoming a star this week with the sound bites. I mean, uh, obviously, everyone kind of knew that was going to happen. Derek Lewis, Barstool Sports is tweeting about him. He was at Madison Square Garden on the court. I think he, uh, they maybe, though, they probably won't do an open workout. So they probably just maybe just a little press briefing. And uh, they asked Derek Lewis, some journalist off the off the back. This is actually really funny. They said, uh, "What what do you like to eat before uh, before you?" fight is there anything particular and he goes no nothing really particular he's like my wife's in town i'll eat her ass and it got a real big laugh and then i mean that's just it's ass eating season baby really funny stuff from Derek lewis this guy is pretty even keel he's kind of got like a dry personality he doesn't you know he's not very express you know he's got a deep voice and he just says things and his his instagram game is obviously on fire and stuff like this i think this is a i hated the fight at first but i think Derek lewis has so much he has a good look about him. He's this big, scary guy, but he's also really funny. And uh, he has crazy power. And, and, you know, he's fighting a guy like DC who people, for whatever reason, like to not like. Does that make sense? They like to hate him. I like DC. I think DC is one of the best fighters ever stepped foot in the octagon. Um, he just doesn't got the love from the fans. I think he got the love after the Stipe fight, but not, you know, not to the Derek Lewis level. Derek Lewis can be a star for a while. Uh, you know, I'll break that down that fight on the Pick'em podcast. But I mean, that's uh, that, that's brewing up to uh, be a good one. And DC's out there complaining about the media. Seems a little off to me. You know, I'm not. You know, I won't make any predictions here. Oops, sorry. But he seems. I don't know. He just seems like like. Not that he was pressured to take this fight. I'm sure the UFC threw a lot of money at him. I know he's probably not 100. Um. And Derek Lewis probably got some money thrown at him. They needed him in an event. Derek Lewis came off like he's knockout. A lot of people love him with the post fight stuff. I think UFC is striking when the iron's hot. I just don't know how ready DC is. If I'm being completely honest, I just I don't know. Uh, I just don't know where that guy's mental's at. But uh, hopefully, hopefully it's gonna be a good fight. All right, top five, top five, top five, top five. Do you like that little thing? I need to. I need to get something. I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. So. In honor of the heavyweight fight this weekend, Derek Lewis is, I believe, is a four to one underdog, pretty big underdog over DC. I think rightfully, rightfully so. I think that's probably pretty right. Top five biggest heavyweight upsets, and uh, I do not know if this this isn't like a, a statistical. Oh, well, he's you know he's he was a only a one you know you know he was only a plus one thirty five or whatever. I don't know the lines. I only imagine that. <clears throat> You know, I'm picking from upsets, my personal upsets, right? So get the fuck off my back about it, guys. Jeez. Number five is going to be Bigfoot over Overeem. Alex Overeem and Bigfoot had a lot of heat. One of the few times you see Alex Overeem really worked up before a fight they got into at the weigh-ins. They just did not like each other. Alex is usually a pretty even keel guy. I mean, he's, I mean, he doesn't get worked up too much. 
doesn't really shit talk or anything like that. But him and over or him and Bigfoot really got into each other. Uh, Bigfoot was pretty much losing the entire fight. Alistair slowed down. Alistair has that notoriously bad chin. Bigfoot caught him with that hand bigger than my fucking desk right now and uh, put Alistair out. It was uh, it was a I don't again I don't know the lines. I probably should look it up if I was more thorough. I would have. But that was an upset. Bigfoot uh, definitely was the underdog in that fight because Overeem was. I mean, what was he coming off? I think he might have been coming off a suspension from the steroids. I'm not exactly sure. Number four is JDS versus Kane one where Junior Dos Santos knocked Kane out in, you know, what, under a minute. Huge surprise. I'm sure Kane was a big favorite in that fight. Uh, Junior Santos obviously was wrecking people in the UFC, but I don't think he had the you know credibility that he did to go in there and knock Kane out in, in one round because Kane was just wrecking everybody. Uh, big surprise. I was That was the first fight on Fox TV. That was the only fight uh, they put on that night. It was like a one-off thing. Uh, they did that for uh, during the football season for Fox. Um, big surprise. Big upset. Huge. Number three, Couture versus Sylvia. Uh, Tim Sylvia. Listen, a lot of people might have had to, uh, Randy Couture in that fight. I did not. I watched this fight. It was in Ohio. It was in Columbus. Um, Tim Sylvia just got dropped within a minute and just got taken down over and over and over again. No one thought Tim Sylvia could get taken down. He's giant. Randy Couture, not the biggest guy in the world. He's taking somebody down. He's absolutely dominated. Won the heavyweight title again. Huge upset. Really, really fun fight uh, to watch. It was it was really cool watching. And I'm not like a Couture guy, but it was really cool watching uh, Randy drop him within like a second because this is, this is Tim Sylvia wearing the belt at bars type Tim Sylvia, the fucking idiot that he was. Number two, Gonzaga versus Krokop. I mean, this could have been easily number one. Krokop came to the UFC trying to make some noise. Winner fought Randy Couture. They're trying to set up Randy Couture, Miko Krokop. Krokop, the pride legend, all that stuff. And then, you know, pretty pretty mellow fight. Gonzaga had had some nice wins in the UFC, but nothing like nothing to this. You know, pretty pretty even fight going back and forth. Krokop being patient and then just gets fucking left high kick knocked out. Looked like he broke his goddamn ankle off his body. Crazy upset. I jumped out of my seat, shit my pants, screamed, pissed my all at the same time. It was my whole body fluid just empty. That was a that was a crazy one. Number one, it's pretty obvious. It's gonna be Rodun versus Fedor. Um you know, I mean, this was Fedor's really true loss, and this kind of came, you know, after, you know, after this, he kind of went downhill. He, I mean, he lost to Dan Henderson. You know, before this, he looked, he didn't look good against a guy that was like Brett Rogers, who worked at Sam's Club. He didn't look great against Brett Rogers. This was America Fedor, uh, Fedor, who, who who didn't look great. But listen, I never thought Werdum was all that great, if I'm being completely honest with you. You know, this could have been steroid Werdum. This could have been, you know, but this was a coming out party for Brescia Werdum. Obviously, one of the best heavyweights of all time. I mean, he'd make anybody's top 10 list at the time. I didn't think he was all that great. I mean, he does lost Alistair Overeem. Uh, they were trying to make Reem and Fedor, you know, I believe was, I don't know if this was in a tournament or not, but that was the biggest upset. I think, I, I think everybody can agree about that. So no surprises there. That's the show. Um, a little quick one today. I just want to kind of talk about, I want to get one out because my numbers are so good. People are fiending for it. You know, gotta have, gotta have the show, Brian, put more shows out. So, Enjoy listening to this. I'm going to have the pick on podcast on Friday. I will tell you right now, a little teaser. There are, I'm, I'm betting heavy this weekend. Uh, I did not bet last weekend because I didn't want to jinx myself with the Florian picks. However, I'm betting this weekend. I'm betting heavy. And there's at least three underdogs that could be lock of the nights for me. I'm not even exaggerating. So that's it. That's the show. Um, and I'll talk to you guys on Friday.